We're back near the bottom of the hour here on Mornings with Joe Catanacci, Yael Lasowski guest hosting while Joe, once again, the hardest working man in radio, is off doing as he does. And on the phone with me right now, I have my co-host of Consumer Choice Radio, which will air tomorrow at 10 a.m., as it does every single Saturday. We have David Clement. David, sir, welcome to the phone here on Mornings with Joe Catanacci. Thank you very much for having me on the show. So Drive Time Radio in North Carolina, get to hear the voice of uh, Mr. Clement, um, a voice that I hear quite often, but I think uh, everyone else is going <laughs> to, they're going <laughs> to benefit a lot from hearing from you. Uh, let's hope so. Let's hope so. So we, we've had an action-packed show so far, uh, talked a lot about alcohol liberalization. We talked about things in North Carolina that have been moving and shaking, the media industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's been a lot to cut through, and since... Uh, We had John Francis Trump on from the Carolina Journal to talk about, you know, the fate of alcohol liberalization. What are the movers and shakers doing? What are they going to change? And then we had Mike Munger, an actual candidate who proposes essentially the Consumer Choice Center plan. Uh, I wanted to get your take because you've been involved in doing much the same uh, up in the north in in Canada and specifically in the province of Ontario. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, those of us in North Carolina... We are forced to go to the ABC store. We can still buy beer in the convenience store and at the gas station everywhere else. Um, But, you know, there's changes in Ontario that have happened out of late. So if you could tell the audience a little bit, David, what what has changed? What has been sort of uh, your role and our role in doing that? And, And what are at least some hopeful messages that we can have down here? Yep, yep. So for for anyone who's ever traveled to Ontario they almost immediately realize something very strange about how to buy alcohol in the province. Um, so one, it's obviously very expensive, uh, and that's because of taxes. And two, there are only two places, uh, for the most part, where you can actually buy alcohol. So you have the LCBO, the Liquor Control Board store. Uh, so this is owned and operated by the government. Um, they sell beer, wine, and spirits. And then you have what's called the beer store. Um, very original name, which is actually a corporate, so private entity that in legislation has government protection from competition. And so you have this private entity owned by the larger brewers um, that has the exclusive rights to sell cases of beer and 12 packs in the province of Ontario. And so for the most part, you only get alcohol at those two um, outlets. Uh, and in terms of our work and what we've done in Ontario, uh, so we were part of the coalition that pushed to allow for alcohol sales in convenience stores. Um, so that's something that you currently can't do. Um, you can get in very select grocery stores, some beer and wine, but not spirits. And so, yeah, we joined this coalition, the now uh, existing government the conservative government under Premier Doug Ford uh, has made a commitment to um, to liberalize alcohol access and allow for alcohol sale in convenience stores. So um, on paper, things are looking pretty good. Uh, but unfortunately, the province is now in a legal battle with the beer store um, over if uh, basically whether or not they're allowed to break their contract and, and change the law. And so there's a long, an ongoing legal battle now between this kind of corporate Goliath and the government in terms of who should be allowed to sell alcohol. And uh, we very much line up on the side of allowing for 
other retail stores to sell alcohol, whether they're standalone. You should be able to have a specialty wine shop or a scotch store or uh, to be able to buy wine, beer, and spirits in convenience stores. So uh, we're still hopeful that it'll go the right way, but it has been a long, drawn-out process. We're speaking with David Clement here on Mornings with Joe Catanacci, Yael Ososki guest hosting. David Clement is the North American Affairs Manager at the Consumer Choice Center and a co-host of Consumer Choice Radio, broadcast at 10 a.m. here on this station. David, Ontario is a bit different. Uh, we know the South. You know, if anyone yep. has, has been in the South, you know, we're in the Bible Belt. So the arguments for having these restrictions has often been societal, religious, uh, but Ontario, as far as I know, is not in the Bible Belt. Why are these prohibition era laws still kind of in place? Is it a cultural thing? Um, is there a religious aspect we don't know about? Why is why has this been the status quo? Yeah, so there's definitely not a religious aspect. Um, we know that public opinion is on the side of convenience stores. We know from public polling that. Uh, that politician, that that consumers, sorry, want the change. So it's really one of those things that makes you scratch your head because you wonder why a system like this has um, has existed for so long. And actually, when you do some of the research, you realize that it's because this one company in particular has been able to effectively lobby the government for protection from competition. So that's crony uh, capitalism, essentially. Exactly. Crony capitalism or corporatism, however you define it, it's exactly that. And what's funny is that you see instances of, if you roll back to the eight, even the 70s or the 80s, there are instances of politicians saying that they want to get rid of um, the beer store's monopoly, and yet for some reason it never happens. And so hopefully this government and this administration can um, – can push forward with this and get it done. Definitely. And uh, you'll, you'll get to hear a lot more about this and sort of the progress of the campaigns over on our website, consumerchoicecenter.org. Uh, again, you're listening to Mornings with Joe Catanacci here on the Big Talker 106.7 FM. David, uh, we have our weekly show, uh, Consumer Choice Radio, that will go out on the air tomorrow. I think we've already yep. got uh, plenty of clips in, in the backup here that we'll be able to discuss um, of you know, if you were to give a kind of a pitch to the listeners here, we'll go ahead and steal Joe's audience from him. How would you yes. pitch our, our kind of show? What, what could people, if they wanted to tune in and go to our website and stuff, what would they be able to hear uh, for an hour on tomorrow's programming? I think the best way to describe what we do is break down the happenings of the day or the week. Uh, from the lens of consumers. So we talk about overregulation. We talk about policy change. We make jokes. We air funny clips. Uh, it's a very casual and entertaining hour of you and I bantering back uh, and forth about what is wrong in the world. And so uh, if you enjoy a good rant, if you enjoy some breakdowns on um, on overregulation, the nanny state, big government encroaching into your life, uh, our show is definitely one to listen to and definitely one for you. I've got goosebumps, David. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> um, since since we're, we're broadcasting here out of Wilmington, um, you know, it's, it's a great, beautiful city right here on the port. Um, there's actually one article I'm, I'm going to try to talk about later, but a lot about zoning. Um, and and one that's one thing that uh, Mike Munger, who was on earlier, he talked a little bit about this. You know, if we were to change some of our zoning laws, we'd actually make 
affordable housing uh, that would actually be possible, and it wouldn't be through government fiat or government dictate. Um, if you were to kind of describe some of the zoning issues maybe you've seen in, in different parts of Canada, you know, yep. um, obviously there's a huge crisis in terms of cost of apartments or even finding apartments in some large cities like Vancouver, much like we have in, in Seattle or New York or L.A. Sort of what are the kind of issues and how do you think they could be fixed? Yeah, I think one of the big issues is uh, the height of buildings. Um, so often municipalities will put in these heavy restrictions, like you can't build over X amount of uh, stories. I mean, the, a horror story example of that comes from, I think it's New York City, where this um, residential tower was built, and let's say it's 50 stories. Um, council basically retroactively went back and said, hell, hold on a second, it's only allowed to be 47 and is requiring them to deconstruct three stories of this residential tower um, for no reason other than because they say so or they don't want, uh, they don't like the shade maybe that the uh, that the building casts onto a particular um, space. And so you see this creeping into uh, policy pretty much everywhere uh, on a more local or, or suburban level. You often have single family home zoning, so rules that say that they have to be detached single-family homes. Obviously, that decreases um, the builder's ability to build because you have to build these large homes on lots and things like that. When we know that younger people, millennials, young families want access to things like condos, townhomes, mixed-use facilities. Um, and so in terms of the solution, I think I mean, the biggest one is just respecting the rights of property owners. If you own a piece of property and you want to sell it to a developer, well, I mean, that should be your prerogative so, not, so long as they're not actually harming the neighborhood in any serious way. Um, that would be the first step. And then the second step would be legislation that actually discourages this NIMBY attitude. And so some jurisdictions have said things like um, most of these zoning restrictions are not valid within a certain uh, mile radius of all transportation. So if you're uh, two miles from a subway, the zoning rules don't apply, um, or a bus stop or something like that. That is part of the solution that allows for a, a, some more dy dynamic building options, which ultimately makes communities uh, more integrated. It makes communities more vibrant, and it just eases the ability for people to enter the housing market and do things, do very ordinary things like try and raise a family and send their kids to school and be able to afford groceries. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the situation as it is. And unfortunately, it's spread much throughout North America, whether it's in Canada or in the United States. And that's the stuff that we're trying to deal with. Uh, you, we've been speaking with David Clement. David is the North American Affairs Manager of the Consumer Choice Center and a co-host on Consumer Choice Radio. It'll be broadcast tomorrow on the Big Talker 106.7 FM. David, talk to you then. Good, sir. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Always great catching up with David. You can check out our program tomorrow at 10 a.m. here on this station, the Big Talker 106.7 FM, Consumer Choice Radio at 10 o'clock. This is Mornings with Joe Catanacci. We'll be right back after this break for our last segment.